Hello and welcome to our Maritime Impact podcast series. I'm your host, Eric Nayus, Director Environment for Maritime at DNB. Join us as we explore the latest environmental policies and regulation impacting the global shipping industry and discuss the key actions decision makers must take if they are to remain compliant in the future. In the previous episode, we took a closer look at one of the outcomes of MAPC 76 in June, the adoption of the Energy Efficiency Existing Ship Index, or EEXI. In this final episode of the series, we'll be exploring two additional pieces of regulation adopted by the committee, the CII and the Enhanced SEMP, and what they mean for shipping professionals across the world. We hope you enjoy the episode, and now on to the show. As will be clear by the end of this episode, the IMO's Environmental Committee, MEPC, is intensely engaged in establishing a viable pathway to the decarbonization of shipping. With the adoption of the CII and the SEMP, which become effective on January 1, 2023, the IMO has established a set of regulations governing the actual operational emission intensity of ship. With the EEXI, covered in the previous episode, was intended to lift the technical efficiency standard of the existing world fleet, the CII and the SEMP are intended to mandate year-on-year operational carbon intensity improvements for the most significant emitters in the world fleet. These regulations are designed to ensure that the 2030 target set in the IMO strategy, 40% improvement of carbon intensity by 2030 compared with 2008, is met. So let's start by having a closer look at the CII, how it came about, how it will work, and not least, what is still to be decided. The CII has had a challenging genesis. MEPC has been under severe time pressure to develop effective regulations that can enter into force no later than 2023, and in contrast to the EEXI, which built on the already existing EEDI, the CII is an entirely new regulatory construct. What this has meant in practice is that a lot of the details that should normally have been part of the approval of the regulation at MEPC 75 last November, instead have had to be developed as guidelines prior to adoption at MEPC 76. This explains why we had four pretty extensive CII guidelines up for adoption at the same time as the regulation itself, why some pretty contentious issues were not resolved until the last minute, and why some important practical issues are still open. But before we get into that, let's have a look at how the CII will work. It is calculated on a yearly basis from actual operational data reported under the existing IMO data collection system. The indicator values are calculated as tons CO2 emitted divided by the product of actual distance sailed and either deadweight or gross tonnage. The number obtained is translated into a rating A through E, similar to a refrigerator rating, with C being the minimum compliance requirement. The requirement to achieve a C will tighten year on year by a defined percentage. It will become increasingly challenging to achieve compliance as time goes by. The first year of data collection will be 2023. The first due date for indicator reporting will be March 31st, 2024. 
Non-compliance does not mean you lose your certificate, but it does mean you need to prepare a plan showing how you will become compliant again. And there will be a review in 2025 looking at potentially strengthening enforcement, as well as other adjustments, based on the first years of experience. To flesh out this basic skeleton, guidelines have been developed and adopted by MEPC 76. The four CII guidelines cover the following, and their titles show how critical they are for understanding the actual requirements of the regulation. These are operational carbon intensity indicators and their calculation methods, reference lines for use with operational carbon intensity indicators, operational carbon intensity indicator reduction factors relative to reference lines, and operational carbon intensity rating of ships. In summary, these CII guidelines describe how to calculate the indicators, how to define the reference lines the indicators will be compared to, how much the requirements should tighten year on year, and how to determine which of the refrigerator rating bands any specific ship ends up in. All pretty critical issues and absolutely essential to ascertain whether a ship is compliant or not. And while agreement was reached on most of the issues, a couple of significant ones were left open. Firstly, all aspects relating to the use of correction factors, exceptions and exemptions were left unresolved. A fifth guideline dealing with this will be worked on and hopefully agreed at MEPC 78 summer next year. Secondly, the annual reduction rates have only been agreed up to 2026. The rates for the years 2027 through 2030 will be agreed in 2025. These are politically very difficult discussions and time is needed for the IMO to reach a consensus. We are confident, however, that the IMO will get there. The key points to think about when it comes to CII and meeting compliance are Basic data collection and indicator calculation will not require significant additional effort. Ships are already doing this through the IMO DCS, and DNV at least intends to build this calculation engine into our DCS reporting service. Staying compliant will require an enduring and systematic approach to carbon intensity improvements. While technical and operational fixes may be sufficient initially, the requirements will increasingly push towards the use of alternative fuels. Enforcement is soft, at least initially, and this opens both for learning and for finding ways to become compliant again. In our view, compliance is also going to be about commercial pressures. We expect charterers and financiers to increasingly require disclosure of CII values. And finally, while this regulation is only currently targeted for the 2030 goal, we suspect it will not be mothballed when we get there. We would not be surprised to see it further tightened after 2030. Let's now turn to our second major focus of this episode, SEMP regulation. Along with the CII, the enhanced SEMP regulation was also adopted at MAPC 76. The changes to the SEMP are at their core changes intended to support and underpin the CII. So key elements that are now in place are that by January 1, 2023, a SEMP is to be on board all vessels above 400 gross tons, and that for vessels above 5,000 gross tons, it is to additionally include a description of the methodology that will be used to calculate 
the ship's CII and the processes that will be used to report the value, the required annual operational CII for the next three years, an implementation plan documenting how the required annual operational CII will be achieved, and a procedure for self-evaluation and improvement. In case a corrective action plan has become necessary as a consequence of CII non-compliance, the SEMP will be the vehicle for this plan. From an enforcement perspective, the SEMP for vessels above 5,000 gross tons will now be fully subject to verification and company audits with a confirmation of compliance issued when the SEMP is approved. To flesh out these requirements, guidelines are needed and due to heavy workload since approval at MPC 75 last year, MPC 76 simply did not receive draft guidelines that were ready. The work will continue towards MPC 78 in summer next year, but this will leave industry with only six months to prepare once guidelines finally become available. And since an approved SEMP is to be on board by 1st of January 2023, regardless of the fact that issues are outstanding, we are concerned about potential bottlenecks when it comes to both development and approval. DNV will be following the outstanding issues for both CII and SEMP very closely. We intend to have our customer support and production systems as ready as possible once the guidelines are adopted at MEPC 78. Let's look at the key takeaways for both CII and SEMP. The CII and SEMP are both adopted and will become effective January 1st, 2023. This is not going to change even if there are still outstanding issues. CII correction factors and exemptions, along with CII guidelines, are expected to be decided at MEPC 78 only six months before the regulations become effective. The CII is now at a state of readiness where you can actually start calculating to see how your ships shape up against the requirements. We suggest to start thinking about options for long-term compliance, even in the light of initial soft enforcement. For the SEMP, we are in reality in a holding pattern until we get further into guideline development. But we expect to have a clear picture of the content around end of 2021. As ever, DNV is ready to support the maritime industry in achieving compliance and best practices. We have a range of tools available that can help your understanding of the regulatory process and streamline your planning. An example is our new compliance planner, available on our Veracity platform. It is designed to help DNV customers easily track regulatory requirements and deadlines for both individual vessels and entire fleets. You can input your own data, and the tool automatically shows you which regulations are affecting your fleet and when. Take a look yourself at veracity.com. You've been listening to the Maritime Impact Podcast from DNV with me, Eric Nyhus. This is the last episode for this series, but we'll be back later in the year to discuss regional regulations and important EU proposals coming in July. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to give us a rating or review or visit dnv.com forward slash decarbonization for more information. Thank you for listening.